0: Hi, Francesca here. I'm popping in quickly to ask you a favor. If you're a fan of this podcast, I could really use your support. First, please, please take a few seconds to subscribe and rate this podcast five stars. You can literally look at your phone right now and tap subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to ratings and reviews and tap five stars. It's that simple. It literally takes seconds and it helps me out and helps the podcast out so much. And if you want to go the extra mile, you can also write a review. And lastly, if you know anyone who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it with them. It helps out the podcast so much. It helps me so much in growing the show. So thank you so much in advance. I appreciate you. And now onto the show. Hello, and welcome to Dear Franny, the podcast of uncommon conversations about love. I'm your host, Francesca Hoogie. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for tuning in I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. In Los Angeles, um, where I live, you might know that if you are a regular listener of this podcast. If you're not, welcome, welcome, yay, welcome, or welcome back. Either way, I'm excited to have you here. And here in LA, we have been dealing with so much, like everywhere, but also the fires. And even though the fires are pretty far north of here, smoke is traveling thousands of miles actually, but we're not thousands of miles away, but it's traveling to LA. And so our air quality has been really bad and so bad that there have been days that I have not left the house for safety reasons. And it's crazy because I think we take for granted that our air outside is breathable, at least in this part of the world. And um, so it's been an interesting perspective shift and an opportunity to bring some more gratitude to a situation that is Really, really unfortunate and scary. And um, you know, my heart really goes out to all the people who have been directly affected by the fires, and also to all of the people who don't have homes. Because I have a home that I can close all the windows and have the air purifier on and the AC on, so I'm fine. But you know, not everybody has that luxury, and my heart goes out to the people who do not. So that's a bit of a environmental soapbox. All right, today, what I really want to talk about is about healing from heartbreak and romantic rejection and how to do that and when i say rejection if you know me you know that i don't actually believe that rejection is a real thing um and i'll explain that but i mean uh romantic disappointment which you might be in your mind categorizing as rejection either you feeling rejected or feeling like you have quote unquote, rejected another person. And then, you know, the heartbreak, like the real heartbreak when you're really, your heart was really involved and you cared deeply for someone and it didn't work out. And, um, I know both of those positions I've been there. So actually all three I know what it's like to be the one to walk away I know it's like to be the one who's walked away from um and I know what it's like to have my heart stomped on and it's the worst so I if you're going through that right now I feel for you and I'm sending you a big hug and also this episode which hopefully will inspire you to heal from that heartache and heal from that disappointment so you can move on and you can grow from the experience and get closer to having a relationship that doesn't end in heartache. So, all right, let's talk first about heartbreak. And um, this is tricky because when you really love someone and it doesn't work out, you want to balance two things. So on the one hand, I am a huge advocate of feeling your feelings and allowing yourself to go through the grieving and the mourning process of letting someone go who you thought you were never going to have to let go or you hoped you were never going to have to let go. And that's just a real painful emotional experience. I mean, I just, I mean, it's literally heartbreaking. I know that feeling of like, oh, this is why they call it heartbreak. It physically hurts. And there's so much emotion that goes into that. So I know I, you know, the last time I really got my heart broken, it was about, actually it was 10 years ago. And I had another smaller heartbreak more recently, like maybe seven years ago, but it was 10 years ago. I had a big heartbreak, my biggest heartbreak ever. And it took me probably three years to get over it and to really get over it. And I look back on that now and I just see how that process was really prolonged because it wasn't just about mourning the end of a relationship that I didn't, I wasn't, Emotionally or mentally uh, prepared to let go of. I got broken up with, and it was a blind side. So I, it was a blind side at the time. I look back now, and it's not so surprising um, now that I know what I know about myself and people and relationships. But at the time, ten years ago, before I was a love coach, before I was a matchmaker, when I was just still, you know, trying to figure this all out for myself, I spent a long time recovering from that relationship. And it wasn't just about the relationship. It wasn't just about my ex, who I was in love with it was about my belief and my faith that I could ever have the love that I wanted and I think that's an important thing to separate so while you're feeling your feelings and you're going through just the sadness of losing a person in your life who was really close to you and very you know, and who still is very important to you and you have a lot of emotion for, you want to let yourself grieve that and feel that loss. However, you don't want that to turn into a story. So, you know, going back to my big heartbreak, you know, it became a story that you know, it was, okay, well, I was crazy to think that I had found the one. And, you know, I can't believe I deluded myself into thinking this. And, you know, I can't believe I didn't see this coming. And I can't believe I did this for him and opened my heart this way. And I can't believe this. And I can't believe that. And, you know, I don't want to start over. I don't know how to start over. It took me so long to meet him. How am I ever going to meet anyone else? So it was all of this other story, right? It wasn't just, now this person who, and he really was the closest person to me at that time in my life that we were together, you know, how is this person who I just physically miss his presence? You know, we lived together, we were pretty inseparable. So I physically just missed him. I, I had to just deal with that reflex to just constantly like pick up my phone and like text him something be like, oh damn it, I can't do that anymore. Right? So I understand, but That is one thing. And that pain of loss, as long as you allow yourself to experience those feelings without judgment, so don't judge yourself, because another thing that can happen when you get your heart broken is now you have a natural instinct to vilify that person, that other person. And, you know, he's an asshole, or she's an asshole, or they did this or did that. A narcissist. That's a common thing that, you know, people love to call their exes narcissists. Sometimes they are. And, you know, you want to just vilify them. But if you can just release that, because because if there was nothing there, if there, if you were not getting anything out of the relationship, you wouldn't have been there, right? So you want to honor that, and you want to just allow yourself to feel that sadness for missing the parts of that person and the parts of that relationship that were really important to you. So once you release that self-judgment, then that process becomes a lot easier because now you can just allow yourself to feel sad, allow for that emotional roller coaster because you know grieving any loss is always it's highs and lows, right? So that's gonna linger for a bit. So you. allow yourself to do that, but you check yourself on this other piece of the story, right? So the context, and this goes for whether you're getting your heart broken, or this is a more, not a heartbreak level romantic disappointment, but still something that is painful that you are recovering from. You want to put it in context, right? So you want to make sure that you are not now to using this breakup as an excuse to now validate and confirm every negative thing you ever thought about yourself or every negative thing you ever thought that was possible for you when it comes to love. So when you have that heartbreak moment, and if you're listening to this right now and you are in it, like you're going through it, I get that this might feel like, okay, Francesca, like I know you got your heart broken, but like you're too far away from that to remember. No, I remember. (laughs) But also, honestly, I'm telling you, you can heal from that so much faster if you just allow the breakup to be about this particular relationship not working out and not this whole other story. Because when you tell yourself the whole other story, if I had just allowed myself to mourn the loss of that breakup, I probably would have been really sad for like six months. And then I would have been able to like, okay, learn the lessons, move past it, but the reason it didn't take me six months to get over it, the reason it took me three years, is because I every insecurity that I had was validated by that breakup. So it's your responsibility to parse those two things out and to really deal with them separately because your faith, your belief in your ability to have the relationship that you want to have in the future regardless of what has happened in the past regardless of how many times it's happened. Maybe you've been in lots of relationships or you've dated lots of people and you always end up disappointed. You always end up with your heart broken. I understand that and that is another, that is a pattern, absolutely, but you still have the power to break that pattern. But if you're judging yourself for that pattern, And if you're judging the other people, the other person for that pattern, you are doing yourself a disservice because if you're judging them and it doesn't mean like, okay, so for instance, I have a really good friend who might be listening to this and she had a bad breakup recently. And the guy that she'd been dating for months, he was unequivocally an asshole when they broke up he was unequivocally cruel and unnecessarily so and if i were to tell you the details of their breakup which i'm not but just suffice it to say you would agree with me right so you can all imagine and maybe you've been there a really bad breakup someone really bad behavior that is Okay, so that happens, right? So the point of not and, and my, you know, my advice to her, and this is the same as that is to you, which is to allow yourself to feel the sadness, but not have it now be this whole other story about what's possible for you and not to vilify him because if you're vilifying him, it is a distraction. Because yes, he was, you know, he was selfish and he was cruel and he if he was a self aware person then hopefully he would have behaved in a different way, but he is not. He is where he is and he is who he is, right? So the thing to focus on is, okay, what is it about me that allowed myself to be in that situation, right? What were the red flags that I ignored? And by the way, they're always red flags. And with this, you know, really good friend of mine who I'm referring to right now, like she, it wasn't like she didn't see red flags. I mean, obviously they had a great connection on one level, otherwise she wouldn't care and she wouldn't have been with him in the first place. However, there were lots of other red flags that she, was ignoring for the sake of that feeling of connection. And so this is a really key piece of moving on from heartbreak and disappointment is to really understand that you still had choices in that relationship. And if you want to learn from that relationship and grow past it, so you do not have to repeat those choices in the future, then it's up to you to pay attention. And by the way, I understand that saying, you know, if you're in a relationship and you're like, wow, I feel really connected to this person on one level, but you you know, they're not really showing up for me. It's all about them or they're a little inconsistent or they're, you know, maybe our values aren't aligned or the respect isn't there. The emotional safety isn't there. You know, emotional safety is so important as a foundational element in any healthy relationship. And, you know, that means that you are free to express your emotions without judgment, gaslighting, without your emotions being dismissed told that you are wrong to feel the way that you are that you feel which is something that people do and it can be very subtle right but and I'm guilty of this sometimes too we're all guilty of that sometimes but you know if a person doesn't have an ability to recognize that check themselves realize that they're not being empathetic realize that they're not holding that space for you and that they need to you know shape up and do things differently that's not a relationship where you have emotional safety and if you don't have emotional safety then you're going to spend the entirety of your relationship in this place of like, you know, off kilter, right? Like how do they feel is, you know, it's this whole back and forth emotionally, which is so exhausting and it's not necessary. I mean, It may be necessary to be in a relationship with that particular person, but if you want more for yourself and I want more for you, then it's possible for you to have more, but you have to be willing to walk away from those situations. And I know that that can be the hardest thing. So having that context is really, really, really important. And the same thing when it comes to, I mean, I'm kind of focusing here on more heartbreak and relationships, but sometimes your real disappointment and real pain is caused from people who you weren't in a relationship with, right? Maybe, it's somebody who you wanted to be in a relationship with or, you know, whether it was somebody that you had a massive crush on or somebody that maybe you did go on one date, two dates, three dates with, and you were hoping that it worked out and it didn't, right? So That can also be very heartbreaking and it can be, especially if it happens repeatedly, and that can feel incredibly demoralizing as well. And I understand that a hundred percent, but I also, it's the same, it's really the same advice. It's just understanding, especially if, if you're talking about a dating pattern and this is, um, you know, maybe an early dating pattern, meaning you kind of have the same thing that emerges in one, two, three, four dates, right? Like it's in that early dating stage is when it's always breaking down, right? Maybe that's your pattern, right? So if that's your pattern, then just know that you probably are not really as attached to any of the like deeply connected to the people that you are dating it's probably maybe you're attracted to them or maybe there is some initial chemistry but there's not enough time to create those deeper connections cuz that just takes some time right so in this situation it's really it's always about you but it's really 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 about you and what those people are showing up in your life and what they represent and what they represent about what you believe is possible for yourself so Again, another example from my own life, you know, when I was in my 20s and I was out of law school and I was a professional corporate lawyer in New York City and I was like, I don't know how to date and I got to figure this out. And I started doing a lot of online dating I was an early adopter, shout out to match.com. And I felt like a weirdo because I didn't know anybody else who was doing online dating at the time. It's certainly not like it is nowadays, but I did it because I didn't know what else to do. And I had a pattern when I first started dating where I could get a first date and I couldn't get a second date. And that happened over and over and over again, right? And then finally I was like, okay, well, I am not the least attractive or the least interesting person in the world. And these guys found me attractive enough to, or interested enough to go on one date with me, but and, and I could also tell, like it's not like the dates were painful. like We would sit, we would have a nice conversation, but it wasn't connecting. So my first reaction, because I had feared rejection so much, I was like, oh my God, I'm being rejected, right? This is why I say rejection isn't real because it's an emotion and your feelings are valid, but your feelings aren't facts, right? So it is a story. For me, when I was feeling that rejection, quote unquote, rejection from all of these guys, it wasn't about these guys. I didn't know them. I didn't actually care about them. It was what it represented, right? It was reinforcing these really negative beliefs about myself. So when I started to examine what it is that I believed about myself that was being triggered time and time again, and I didn't have the word trigger back then, this was 20 years ago, but I did still, I don't think I had that word back then, but I did still thankfully have enough self-awareness to realize I'm the common denominator in this pattern. So there's something more going on here, right? So for me, the fix I realized, I was like, okay, well, and I know that I have fear. I have fear of being vulnerable. I have fear of being rejected. So how might that be showing up? How might I be bringing that with me to the date and then unconsciously playing out this pattern over and over again? So just by bringing that awareness, I realize, okay, well, maybe part of my fear is causing me to do is to A, be more guarded just in general, right because i don't want to like be too vulnerable because then i'm going to get rejected but you know ironically me being too guarded was now actually stopping that connection from ever being able to happen so you know i've got this brick wall up and you know romantic comedies the fairy tale industrial complex tells us that if you're just amazing enough and beautiful enough then a man will like tear down all your barriers to try to be with you but in reality emotionally healthy people who are looking for real connection are not interested in breaking down all of your walls. Like You've got to be willing to do some of that work yourself. Now in partnership with the right person and with that emotional safety, obviously you can go deeper and you can help each other to become more vulnerable and to go deeper. But when you're starting to date someone, it is up to you to show up in a way that is conducive to creating the kind of connection that you want to make. Right. So taking this back to a romantic disappointment, it's so powerful when you can start to take a little bit of step back from the story a little bit of step back from the negative self-talk and the pessimism that can easily seep in when it comes to dating if you can take a step back from that and then start to consider that possibility that well maybe this pattern is repeating in my life as a way to show me something all of my relationships end in the same way i am the common denominator so how can i start to get clear on what's really going on that's leading me to be in the same pattern over and over again right so you have to if you want to change the pattern you have to at least understand it and understanding it is so powerful so again this is more about the disappointment not the the major heartbreak now if you also if your pattern is oh i get into relationships i fall in love and i get my heart smashed on if that's your pattern then the same thing applies right but you know and that's another thing when you do have that heartbreak you do have that disappointment you want to look and see like Is this an outlier situation, right? Am I normally attracted to and able to attract people who are very commitment minded? And this time I got really involved with somebody who actually doesn't want commitment and I didn't really see that for some reason. Is it an outlier situation or is it something that's repeated over and over? And typically we're repeating the same patterns over and over again. So that gives us a tremendous opportunity to learn from those patterns. So when you have a breakup, as hard as it can be, you know, it is an opportunity for you to reset, to heal, to learn the lessons that you needed to learn because nothing teaches us about ourselves, like romantic relationships. And then like allow yourself to feel your feelings, allow yourself to feel that disappointment, that loss, that sadness without judgment. That part's super, super important, right? And then you can start to say, hmm, okay, well, I know what I don't want, right? I don't want this to keep happening. So what do I want instead? And what is my based on what I know right now, like what is my next best step in starting to create that for myself? And how can I also check myself to make sure that I'm neither you know, making, villainizing the ex or the, you know, the people that you've dated or people that you've been disappointed by and also not elevating them. So they're not on a pedestal and they're not down the worst person in the world because the reality is they're just human. And regardless of how terribly they might have treated you or done you wrong, you still have to take responsibility for the ways in which you might have turned a blind eye to the signs that that was going to happen or the ways in which you participated in co-creating a dynamic that you didn't want. This is like a really small example is, you know, the woman who, I'm thinking of someone specific into who had been through the situation like this, she had been dating this guy and she was, and things were going really well and it was very romantic and she was terrified to ask him too many questions because she didn't want him to feel pressured. Like, well, if I ask him what he's looking for, I ask him this, ask him that. She was very, she was extra paranoid about asking him questions, even things about his family and things about like, you know, his dreams. she basically didn't ask questions because she was just like too afraid that he would see her as being prying. And she decided that she was going to be the fun, the fun, good time girl, not the like conversation, deep conversation, getting to know you girl. And so, or woman, cause she's a grown woman and she wound up. So then it turned out you know, throughout their relationship, she was like, if he called and he was like, hey, wanna hang out? She always said yes. Everything was on his schedule. Everything was about him. She was always accommodating him. That was her priority in the relationship. And then he turned out he was cheating on her. He was dating like two other women and she wound up finding out and being really upset and feeling really betrayed. And he was like, hey, we're not in a relationship, right? And in reality, they never had had that conversation, but because she didn't wanna have the conversation, but she was hoping, well, if I'm just showing up, is this like amazing, easygoing, fun, sexy, like cool woman. He's Of course, he's going to want to be with me. And I mean, in this case, this guy clearly doesn't want to be with anyone, right? That's his issue. So it's not personal, but it is up to her to understand that you co-created this dynamic where you did not communicate what your needs were. You told him in words and in actions what he wanted was far more important than what you wanted. And so he took you at your word. He took you at your word, right? And so it's not that surprising in this dynamic that this guy, I mean, he happened to cheat, but... Even if he hadn't cheated, I wouldn't have high hopes for how that relationship would have turned out. If it wasn't the cheating, it would have been something else because it's too hard to course correct that dynamic. And usually that doesn't work. When you have a breakup and you have a fresh slate, you do have an opportunity now to go into your new relationships or your new relationship and showing up in a different way. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but that is, you know, it's just so, so important for us to move beyond the victim mentality and start to move into a more empowered state. And that's how you can heal from breakups and romantic disappointment much faster because the last thing that you want is someone who is not for you and a relationship that was not for you to derail you and to just now be an additional barrier in you finding the relationship that is for you and is the relationship that you do want. Because the relationship that you do want is 100% possible for you. It is. So I hope this has been helpful and if you want to go deeper and talk more about just all of this you know underlying beliefs all this shit that gets in the way when it comes to us getting into and maintaining healthy romantic relationships and by the way even though i this is obviously what i do this is obviously my podcast you know i'm in the best relationship i've ever been in i'm very happy and grateful and thankful every day for my partner he's amazing but you know i still have to check myself right so there's no perfection here this is why we have to be gentle with ourselves because we are human and we bring the complexities of our experience and our trauma and our conditioning we bring all of that to every relationship so you know you were a complex person and you've got a lot going on you know internally and so does everybody else but you are always a co-creator in your relationships. And when relationships don't work out, it's painful, but you also have an opportunity to look at the ways in which you might have participated in a dynamic that no longer serves you. And I would say that this is certainly the case for me and everyone I know who is in a in a happy, fulfilling relationship. Everyone says, "Oh yeah, I totally get why you know I had to ha- go through that heartbreak. I get why you know that had to happen. I mean, this heartbreak that I was sharing with you ten years ago, as painful as that was, and it was extremely painful, and it was one of the darkest times of my life. And it coincided with my being on Survivor the first time, which was a total debacle. So I had the failure of that experience. And I say failure, I'm fine with it, but I see the beauty in what happened to me on Survivor as well. And the importance in that in my journey of like my personal growth journey. So I'm not mad about it, but I'm saying at the time I was dealing with a lot and then the breakup happened. So it was like, oh my God, I can't take any more. Maybe you can relate to that feeling in 2020, right? Like I can't take any more. that was how I felt. And But I also look back on it and I'm like, you know what, as painful as that breakup was, that relationship was so important in my love journey because I did open myself up in a new way. And I was more vulnerable with my ex than I'd ever been with any other person, like not even just a man, like with anybody, any other person. And that gave me this ability to have this incredible deep connection with my ex. Now he didn't love himself. I didn't love myself. So when you have two people in a relationship who don't fully love themselves, the chances that that relationship are going to last (laughs) and are just not great. And certainly, Even if they do last, they're not going to be very healthy. They're going to be inherently dysfunctional. So we had an amazing connection, but we had dysfunction in our relationship too, which I was completely, I mean, I was frustrated by it, but I was turning a blind eye to it because I just wanted to keep this connection going, right? So I learned that, okay, I know it's possible for me to have that connection, but what would it be like if I actually only dated people who had more confidence and loved themselves more and felt more worthy and if I felt more worthy and what if I loved myself more and what if and how might that change my life and so you know it was a process and like I said this was long before I was doing coaching or anything like this so I, I didn't have a ton of guidance or like a framework to understand this more deeply so that's part of why it took me so long so I don't want you to spend as much time mourning something that I did because I know that it's not necessary Doesn't mean, by the way, that ex that I'm talking about, I mean, I'm way over him, but like, I still care about him. Like, if someone, if I were to hear, you know, something news about him, good or bad, like, if it was good, I'd be happy for him. And if it was bad, I'd be sad, you know, I'd be like, oh my God. Like, so I'm always gonna care about him and I'm grateful to him. I'm grateful for that relationship, even though it resulted in me getting my heart broken. It was that I needed to have my heart broken and I needed to see that I can have my heart broken and I can survive that because now, I mean, I hope not to get my heart broken anytime soon, but even if I do, I know I will be so sad and I'll need that time to mourn. But I also know that ultimately I'm going to be okay and it doesn't diminish my worthiness and it doesn't diminish my, my you know, my deservingness of love and it doesn't diminish my ability to have it in my life. And I 100% believe that for myself and I 100% believe that for you. And if you can't believe it yet for yourself, then that's okay. I'm gonna hold that space for you, but I at least want you to... To consider that possibility. And if you are interested, this is a time-sensitive offer, but I do have my love course, Your True Love Code, which I mentioned in the last episode, and enrollment is still open for a few more days. Class starts October 1st. This is 2020. So if you were listening to this before October 1st, you can sign up for this course. It's four weeks. It's going to be amazing. We're going to talk about how to break your dating patterns. We're going to talk about how to get in a love attracting state of mind. We're going to talk about how not to waste your time with dating and release feelings of rejection and regret. And we're going to get into all of this like deeper and it's going to be amazing. And there's already a really incredible group of people who signed up for the course and I'd love to have you join us because another thing and this is a this is the first time I'm announcing this super publicly another thing is that simultaneous to the course launching I'm also launching an online community and which you are all incredibly welcome to join. As of now, it's only going to be open to people who take the course, because it's in beta mode, but it's going to have on-demand workshops, videos, live Q and A's, advice, worksheets, journal prompts, all sorts of things. It's going to be an incredible resource. And I'm really trying to build the thing that I would have wanted when I was single and I didn't know what to do and I didn't know how to break a pattern and I didn't know how to get the love that I wanted and I didn't know how to love myself and all of those things. So I'm really putting myself, you know, in that state of mind in terms of thinking about what I'm creating for the community and what I've created for this course. So if you're interested in either of those things, like I said, the community is not yet open to everyone, but it's called the True Love Society actually. And if you go to the truelovesociety.com, you can just submit a request to join. So when I'm opening it up to other people. I can contact you and let you know what that's all about. But in the shorter, more immediate term, if you're interested in the course, please check out the show notes and you can go and read more information about the course and you can sign up. And I guess I will tell you also the website, the shortcut of the website is bit.ly. B-I-T so bit.ly slash true love code bit.ly slash truelovecode. So if you put that into your browser, it will take you to the website or you can go into the show notes and click the link or you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Dear Franny on Instagram and on Twitter and there's links in my bios. Also on Facebook, I'm at Dear Franny. So there's links. There's lots of ways to get information about the course and to sign up. But like I said, it starts October 1st. So if you're listening to this before then, please join us because it's going to be amazing. And then we'll all be inside the community together too and we can talk. You know, you can all... supporting each other inside of the true love society so okay that's it (laughs) thank you so much i hope you found this helpful and i want to shout out all of the new listeners and those of you who have written reviews and rated the podcast and subscribe to the podcast i really appreciate you and shout out to argentina and new zealand and sweden and australia and all of these places where the podcast is on the charts and i'm just really excited and grateful and thank you so much for listening and for sharing and for just being born <laughs> all right have a beautiful day stay safe and healthy wherever you are in the world until next time